Okay, right, we're going straight into Ezekiel 37, all right? We're going to read uh, verses 1 to 4, 7 and 10. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the valley, open valley and indeed they were very dry. That may be you. You may be one of those dry bones slain in the valley in some area of your life, in your finances, in your relationships, in your health, whatever it might be, uh, in an addiction. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? I answered, oh Lord, you know. That's a fancy answer, isn't it? And of course the Lord knows. And he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. The key to release was prophesying to the dry bones. So I prophesied, verse seven, as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. Verse 10, watch verse 10, it's amazing. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them. They lived and they stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. Well, Ezekiel 37 is a Babylonian graveyard. Um, God's people are slain and very, very dry. I mean, it's incredibly dry and barren. And my question to you today is, are you living in a graveyard in some area of your life. A graveyard of finances, a graveyard of marriage breakdown, a graveyard of ill health, a graveyard of an addiction, a graveyard of failure. You know, so we see here a picture of absolute desolation and total despair. Dreams have died here. Have your dreams died? Futures have, hope for the future have died here and there seems no hope of change. All Ezekiel can see is a valley of dry bones, all right? And maybe all you can see in your life is a valley of dry bones in an area. But guess what God could see? He didn't just see a valley of dry bones. He saw an exceedingly great army arising out of the dry bones slain in the valley. And so you may look at your situation and you see no hope, you see no future, but God looks at your situation. He sees the breath of God entering your situation. He sees the resurrection power of God coming into your dry bones and you arise as part of an exceedingly great army. You become a champion for God. That's the message of the Valley of Dry Bones. So I want you to pick up on three really important truths today that are going to help you in your walk with God, your relationship with Him. Number one is, God uses storms and trials to teach us. They teach us. So C.S. Lewis put it this way, we can even ignore pleasure, but pain insists on being attended to. Isn't that the truth? God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. It's his megaphone to get your attention, to get my attention, and to lead us to a better future. So you have to listen to storms because God is trying to teach you something, something that's very important for you and for your future. See, one of the things that storms do is they reveal where we are at in God. They reveal our level of faith, how you respond, how you react, how you handle the situation. It's like a gauge, it's like a thermometer. If you had no trials, you would never know whether you're growing in your relationship 
with God. So trials help us to have a deeper understanding of where we are at. But can I say this? If you are faithfully developing your relationship with God, you never need to ever fear a storm because you will be ready to handle whatever life throws at you. The reason for that is, when you're, you know, in a game of sport or rugby or whatever it might be, they don't win the game the day they go out onto the field. They win it the weeks, months, and years before in their training, their discipline, and their preparation. And then when they run on the field, they know they can win the game if they're prepared better than team, uh, the other team. See, David didn't defeat Goliath the day he de- faced Goliath. He defeated Goliath when he defeated a lion years before, when he defeated a bear years before, when he was growing in his faith, when he was developing his relationship with God. So when Goliath turned up, it was no big deal. He was ready to overcome and defeat Goliath in Jesus' name. Now, the key issue that you must understand here, friends, is you've got to be continually developing your relationship with God, getting ready for battle. Otherwise, you're going to face a crisis. You won't be able to handle it. So important, isn't it? So important that we're getting ourselves ready to face it so you don't need to ever fear. And this is true even if you created your own storm through some of your dumb actions. How many of you have created your own storms from yeah, All the front row admit it, no one at the back does. All right? So they've, they've learned to tell the truth. That's the difference, you see. So, but, but you know, if you created your own storm, <laughs> God will still give you the victory because he actually knew how dumb you were. <laughs> and he knew that, but now make some right choices. Now get the thing sorted out, all right? God is, I've learned God's a God of mercy and grace in an unbelievable way. So in, what, what happens in storms, listen to this carefully, is that God reveals himself to us in new ways. Because you see him away in a way you've not seen him before because you're now in a storm you've never experienced before. And so God uses this new storm because, listen to this, he wants to show you new facets of his glory, new facets of his power, new facets of his majesty. You get to go know God in a wonderfully, wonderfully new way. You see facets of him that other people have not seen or do not see because they've not been through the storm that you have been through. And God may reveal himself to you as Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Why? Because you went into a financial crisis. Don't resist the storm of financial crisis because God wants to reveal himself to you that he is Jehovah Jireh and he will provide for all of your needs. And some of you don't have never, you've never had that revelation of Jehovah Jireh because you've never needed it. You've never had a financial crisis. Or maybe he's going to reveal himself to you as the great comforter. You see, some of us don't have that because we've never had to have great comfort. Or he might be the, one, he might be the prince of peace. Whatever area it is in, he wants to reveal himself to you in a new and a wonderful, wonderful way. You see, these revelations become your life messages. In fact, your relationship basically is a summary of your divine revelations, the things God has shown you. The rest of it is just theory. But the storms you've been through, the places you've really discovered God, that's the truth value of your relationship and your walk with God. So for myself, you might say, well, what have you learned? What divine revelations have you got? I'll tell you some some of the divine revelations I've got. One of them is I know that God is a God of open doors. 
Because over and over again, He's opened doors for me that should not have opened. So I have tremendous faith that God can open any door for me that He needs to for me to fulfill His plan for my life. I have a revelation uh, that God has shown me that you can get through very difficult storms, come out the other side in a better place than God. Why? Because I've been there, I know. So I can tell people to their face, I know the storm you're going through, I know God can get you through, and I know you can come out into a better place. But maybe one of the biggest divine revelations I've had or facets of glory I've seen is Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. I've seen that happen again and again and again and again. And that's one of the best revelations that you will ever get in your life because then you have to hold nothing back. You see, what you learn about God through storms, if you respond right, surpass anything you learn listening to this guy preach <laughs> or anyone else preach or that you learn from a podcast or that you learn from a book uh, because that's all someone else's revelation. Right. It's just theory. Theory doesn't get you far, friends. Having the theory that God is your comforter is not much good until you experience Him as your comforter. So what you get through storms become your strength. They, that's what your relationship got with God is built on, and it's more valuable than any sermon you will ever hear or listen to. Now, the name of God, one of the names is Jehovah Shammah. Everyone say, Jehovah Shammah. Do you know what that means? God is present with you. Write this down somewhere if you need to. God is present with you in your storm. Sometimes we forget that. He's available to help you. See, in the Bible, it says, Jesus said, Tom, be of good cheer. And you say, well, how can I be of good cheer when I'm in the bottom of a pit? <laughs> God says, you can be in good cheer because I'm with you, and that is enough to get you through. Remember, whatever you're facing today, God is with you. How many of you reckon if God's with you, that should be enough? I mean, He's all-powerful. He can do anything. And you know what our weakness is? We keep trying to do it on our own. We face a trial and we think, oh man, I can never get through this. Well, of course you can't. You're not meant to. There's the Holy Spirit. There's the Helper. There's Jehovah Shammah. He is with you. He will get through you, get you through the toughest storm. There's no storm that God and you can't beat, defeat, and smash to the ground. There's nothing the enemy can throw at you that is greater than you and God as a combination together. He is Jehovah Shammah. He is the Almighty Helper, and He will help you through the greatest crisis in your life. Make no mistake about that, friends. You and God are equal to absolutely anything. His grace in your situation can be surpass anything you ever imagined grace could be. Jehovah Shammah, He'll get you through. Tell the person next to you, He'll get you through. <laughs> Sometimes a person walks into the room and says, don't worry, I'm here. You feel encouraged. Guess what? Jesus just walked into your room, into your crisis. And he says, I'm here. Take courage. I will get you through. I will get you through. I prophesy. God is saying, He will get you through. 
He will get you through. He will get you through. Whoever you are, Jehovah Shammah, present, powerful, and available. If I walk into the room, <laughs> well, there may be a little bit of help. <laughs> Who would prefer Jesus walking into the room rather than me? Raise your hand. Oh, most of you want me, but oh, that's very touching. Oh, I feel deeply moved by that, but I think there's not very smart. I think you're better if Jesus walks into your room, into your crisis, because He's guaranteed to get you through. I might be able to help you a bit. All right, let's move on. Ezekiel prophesies. It's really interesting. Bones are joined together under God's direction. See, it's not a haphazard connecting. It's all under divine direction. Some of you remember that song of yesteryear, Dem Bones, Dem Bones, Dem Dry Bones. Toe bone connected to the foot bone, foot bone connected to the heel bone, heel bone connected to the ankle bone. Uh, hear the word of the Lord, them bones, them bones are going to walk around. Someone told me about this once before my time. That Some old guys told me about it. But every bone was connected to exactly the right bone. You see, it was under the direction of God, there is divine order, divine connections. So here's my point. God has divine connections for you that are key to you reaching your destiny and being all God has called you to be. You see, Christianity cannot be done on your own. We are in community, connected with other people, divine connections that we need to get us to where God wants to take us in our lives. Friend. And that's what Christianity is all about. And, and we need, you know, God is not put in us. You know, some people say, I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. Well, good luck. You're not going to get very far. Because God's not put in us to get to where we have to get to on our own. There are people, there are divine connections we need in our lives that are essential to get us to where God wants to take us in our lives. That's why being in church is so important. But it's not only being in church, it's being in church and connected to the people around you, especially the divine connections that God has to you. And this is a, a key to the dry bones of your life coming together. Now just remember this, we don't fit everywhere with everybody. It's not just a matter of having friends with anybody and anyone who wants to have a friendship with you. We've got to be careful of that because we need to guard against wrong connections. We need to guard against flesh connections that will hinder the blessing and the call of God upon our lives. These are relationships birthed out of fleshly desires. See, Abraham, they, fleshly connections war against the will of God on your life. They want to take you in another direction. And God, the enemy will send flesh connections your way. Believe me, he will to, to send you in the wrong direction. We need to cut off flesh connections that are hindering what God has planned and purposed for our lives. See, Abraham had a great future, but he had to cut off his connection with Lot. Lot was worldly. And uh, Genesis 39, uh, Abraham says, please separate from me. If you take the left, I will go to the right. If you go to the right, I will go to the left. Listen carefully. Every someone often in life, you have to make some tough decisions that hurt. But your future hangs on it. Your destiny hangs on it. Among the worst are flesh connections. There was a mother of four who used to be in this church, struggled with alcohol, 
marijuana, they were coping mechanisms. She loved to party with, at nightclubs and be with her friends. She got saved, but drinking was still a problem. And then God convicted her. She got prayed for on an altar call, and uh, God set her free. But there were two keys to her freedom. One, she got connected to the right people in church, but secondly, she cut off the flesh connections that were taking her in the wrong direction. We need our divine connections in our lives. See, divine connections feed into your anointing. They feed into your destiny. And they're so important. See, I've had divine connections over the years. I still do, and they're massive. I can't tell you how much they have helped me. To, to, be, to move towards what God has called me to do. Without some of them, I would have struggled so much more. You see, I, I, my understanding is this. There's three areas in which, or three ways we can connect with others. One is the body connection. And some people get married based on body to body. It doesn't last long, believe me. Not that I've tried it, but it doesn't last long, all right? There's body, then there's soul connection. Well, we just get on so well together. We got chemistry. Yeah, well, chemistry can go so far. But there's spirit connections. See, and the most important one is your spirit connecting to others in divine connection because they feed into your spirit. They feed into your destiny. They feed into your calling. They feed into the purpose of God in your life. And those are the most important connections in our life. And friends, we all need these divine spirit connections that I've had in my life. Now, I want to say this because I've experienced this. Don't reject divine connections because they, you don't like the package they come in. <laughs> so someone, God sends someone along your line. They can really help you, but you, they've got some personality quirks and you think, oh man, I can't be bothered with that person. Be bothered. Be bothered. Because sometimes you've got to overlook some things in order to get the divine connection. Because I've, I've had to experience it. I remember I had this divine connection. I really struggled with it big time. I wanted to finish it. And God dealt with me and basically showed me, no, don't. You need, this person is going to help you immensely. And this person has. It's an amazing thing, isn't it, of these divine connections. See, a divine connection could be a great friend that sticks with you closer than a brother through thick and thin, through the ups and downs, and always believes in you, always hopes in you, and hopes in you. That can be a divine connection there. Or it could be someone who prays for you, who's an intercessor that stands beside you in tough times. It's a blessing to have great friends, and we all want that. But the next level beyond that is divine connections, which are far more important at the end of the day, friends. We can have a lot of good friends, but not have many divine connections. And we need those divine connections to get us to where God wants to take us to fulfill our calling and our destiny in God. These people, I believe, are among the greatest gifts God will ever give you. People with divine connections accomplish more than they could on their own. Deuteronomy 32.30, one will chase a thousand, two divinely connected will chase 10,000, which means that when you're divinely connected, you are 10 times more effective, 10 times more fruitful. So common people with divine connections attain uncommon results. I believe I see uncommon results in my life, way beyond my gifting and my ability. Why? Because I have divine connections. I have many divine connections that feed into my spirit, feed into my destiny, feed into my calling, and push me into all that God has for it. Be. Question Do you have some divine connections? Who's feeding into your 
calling and destiny big time. Sowing into you and, and you, you know that they're helping you move into all God has got for you. Who are those people? Do you have some of those people? If you don't, pray and ask God. Say, God, but they will be there. They will be there. Maybe you've not yet discerned them, not yet seen them in your life. Let's look at this in the Bible. The divine connections were so powerful. In fact, most people that achieved something significant were divinely connected. I like to go to um, Elijah and Elisha. You know, Elisha, he, he knew that Elijah was a man. <laughs> and he thought, I'm going to get that guy's mantle. I want the anointing, this miracle worker. God divinely connected them. But if you read through the passages on Elijah and Elisha, Elisha had to hold on to Elijah with every ounce of strength God would give him. In fact, Elijah even tried to discourage him and say, you stay here. Elisha said, no way. Elisha knew his divine connection. He chased after it with every ounce of strength that God would give him. And he ended up getting Elijah's mantle. He got Elijah's anointing and he did two times the miracles that Elijah was able to do a divine connection. But then there's Moses and Joshua, a divine connection. Do you know that Moses trained and mentored Joshua to win one of the greatest battles of all time? And that was to take the promised land of God. It was this incredible divine connection. And you know that Moses and Joshua, they'd go into the temple and they'd be there together and Moses would pray, and even after Moses left, Joshua stayed, continued to seek God, continued to pray. Through that divine connection, Joshua was so successful. There's Deborah and there's Barak, there's Paul and there's Barnabas. There's Jesus and the disciples, the divine connections were all their friends that were so significant and so powerful. Listen carefully to my next point. We've got to recognize and nurture divine connections. But see, being in the right church is a key divine connection. You see, you, you need to be in a church that feeds into your divine destiny, what God has called you to. See, it's not just a matter of being in any church. Some people just say, oh, I'll go to the nearest church. I'll go there. No, no, friends. And I say this carefully. You, you've got to be in a church that's going to call forth the greatness that is in you. You need to be in a church that's going to cause you to grow and, and increase in God and be all God has called you to be. You, you, you need to carefully choose what's going to feed into God's plan and God's will and God's call upon your life. I know people that have shifted from one island to another to get to the right church, to feed into their destiny. They've left it behind and said, no, no, I know the church I need to be in. And so it's not a matter how far. Look, people travel hours to get to work, friends, there and back. So be willing to travel, whatever you have to, to be. And I'm not saying it has to be this church, but to be in the church that's going to feed into your divine destiny. It's not a matter of any church. Tell the person next to you, it's not a matter of any church. You're not going to hear this preached very often, but it's so important. <laughs> I was going to say, make sure it's this church, but I can't do that. That wouldn't be right. Now watch this. Ephesians 4, 16. From whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective work working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself and love. Notice a few words. It says the whole body joined and knit together. Every joint supplies. Every part does its share. Here we see the key to the success of any church. Watch this carefully. It's the whole body. 
Every person in the body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. Friends, it's not a matter to be all God's called you to be, to have help and strength in times of trial. It's not a matter of just attending a good church. You've got to be divinely connected to the church and the people in that church because we need one another. If you think of my body and if you think of my hand, see one joint here, one joint nourishes or feeds into the next joint. But this joint also receives nourishment from the joint next to it. So when you are joined correctly, you receive the nourishment from those around you so you can progress and have help and strength, but also you provide nourishment to the bone next to you. The problem with churches happens, friends, is when there's bones or individuals that are not connected. And then the whole thing kind of starts to struggle and disintegrate. So friends, can I encourage you not only to attend church, but be connected, have those divine connections, because I believe that's a key to the dry bones of your life coming together. I believe it's a key to the miracles in your life. You need to be in a small group. Did you know that most of our breakthroughs, most of our miracles come through small groups? Why? Because people are divinely connected. They, they receive nourishment from others and they give nourishment to other people. Be joined, Father, friends. Be joined together from what each one supplies to the other. I often say, you know, your miracle could well be sitting next to you when you're divinely connected in a small group or church setting where it might be when you're serving in the church. See, so often we're looking to the platform, you know, to, to provide our miracle. And hey, don't say, you know, God can do that. But I reckon far more miracles happen when, when we, within the pews, we're connected and we pray for one another. In fact, they've done research on this and they said the percentage of people that get healed from God's people praying for one another is exponentially greater than the man of God praying for them. Exponentially, it's not even close. So friends, this whole thing of divine connection is a key to miracles and breakthroughs in your life. So none of us can make it on our own. Somebody within your reach knows something you need to know. Get close to them, drop your bucket into their well and draw water. Do you know what a lot of this takes? Humility. Humility. Oh, I don't need you. You can't help me. I'm better than you. I'm smarter than you. Humility, friends. <laughs> so important. If we don't have a real humility, if we know it all, why would we ask for help? Ask the person next to you, are you a know-it-all? It's gone pretty quiet in this place. See, the more humble you are, the more you'll ask for help. I have no problem asking for help all the time because I know I'm fairly useless. I mean, I just know that. You may not think I know that, but I do know that. I'm fairly useless. I need so much help. You wouldn't believe how much help I need. I am the master of the ask. I ask for help from anyone and everyone and everywhere. And I get my help and it lifts me to a higher level. I sometimes feel like a fraud. Because people think, oh man, look what he's doing. But I know it's not me. I know it's God and all the people around me that are helping me do what I do. So it takes real humility, friends, to ask for the help and to drink from someone else's well. 
So one thing we need to understand is the enemy is terrified that you'll come to the right place at the right time in unity with the right people because your impact will be massive. And one of my prayers is, you know, our revival prayer meetings are just extraordinarily powerful. The most powerful prayer meetings I've ever been in in my life. My wife would say the same thing. But I'm praying this. Listen carefully. I'm praying that the history books are going to record that in 2020, there was a small group in Church Unlimited, West Auckland, the right people at the right place at the right time in unity. We prayed and fasted on a weekly basis for revival. In time, the Holy Spirit was poured out. That church unlimited, that church was revived and they helped bring revival to New Zealand and turn it to Jesus. That's what I'm praying. That's what I'm believing that the history books, because I read history books of revival and they often talk about this group of people that got together and began to pray. I'm praying, God, can we be one of those groups that history will record in years the Lord should tarry in 100 years from now. Small group, right place, right time, united together. You know, one of the things you've got to remember is being connected to God is also vital. Your connection with God is your most important connection. You need to develop that connection all the time. Okay, so remember what you're facing now. Remember, God is with you. He wants to reveal Himself to you in ways that you've not seen before. And secondly, divine connections are key to being all God intended. Now, finally, my final point is this. The key to the dry bones coming to life was prophesying to the bones. No matter how disconnected or broken or slain you may feel, God can put you back together again. God can put you back together again. Genesis 18, 14 is anything too hard for the Lord. Matthew 9, 20, 19, 26, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. With God there's no such thing as a hopeless case. <clears throat> Has your life fallen apart? Well, let me remind you, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again, but God can do what they could not do. And I prophesy, God is gonna bring your life back together again. God is gonna cause the dry bones of your life to hear the Word of the Lord and find new strength. You see, it says in verse four, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. As you prophesy, it releases the power of God. You need to begin to prophesy. I am more than a conqueror. By His stripes, I am healed. You know, my marriage is coming together. You know, my God shall supply all my needs. All my family will be saved. Begin to prophesy into your dry bones of your life. Because that's the only thing. Ezekiel only had to do one thing, was to prophesy to the dry bones. And verse seven says, the dry bones came together. Prophesy, my marriage is coming together. Prophesy, my family, my finances are coming together. My health is coming together. You've got to keep fighting and you've got to keep on direct de declaring. See, it seems to me, friends, that bones have ears. Otherwise, why would it say, dry bones hear the word of the Lord? Dry bones have ears. Mark eleven twenty three. 23, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea does not doubt in his heart, but believes that the things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Why would you speak to mountains if they can't hear? Mountains have ears. Cancer has ears. Diabetes has ears. Finances have ears. 
Marriage breakdowns have ears. Struggles in your life have ears. Your storm has ears and they need to hear the Word of the Lord. They need to hear from you. You need to speak to the dry bones of your life. You need to speak into the storm. In fact, your storm is awaiting your direction. Your storm is awaiting your guidance and your, your instructions because, because I can't speak to your dry bones. They're waiting your instructions. Will you speak to your dry bones? Will you speak to your storm? Will you speak to your sickness? Will you speak to your finances? Will you speak to your health? Will you speak to your family problems or difficulties? Dry bones, hear the Word of the Lord. They've got ears. They've got ears. And friends, I'd go a little bit further. I'd say the dry bones in your life are waiting to hear instructions. They're waiting to hear direction from you. They almost say, speak to me. Speak to me. I'm dry. I'm barren. I'm struggling. Speak to me. Prophesy. Prophesy to these dry bones that they might arise and they might live. They have ears, friends. When was the last time you prophesied to your storm? When was the last time? See, life and death is in the power of the tongue. We've been preaching that for so long. But it's very true. If you fail to declare, nothing's going to change. They're waiting your instructions. I close. Ezekiel 37 is not just a person dismembered. It was an army. Once connected, once a fighting machine. Western church, friends, once marched triumphantly across the nation, bringing revival, transformation. A powerful machine. But today, I believe it's disconnected. It's become lukewarm. We need to prophesy to the church of New Zealand, the West. Hear the word of the Lord. I prophesied there was a noise, a rattling, bones coming together. Breath came into them. They stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Friends, as we prophesy to the dry bones of the church of New Zealand, those bones will start to come together. Divine connections will be made. The Spirit of God will enter and the church of New Zealand will arise an exceedingly great army that will turn New Zealand to Jesus and we will get the job done. This is the mandate. This is the mission of New Zealand and beyond. We prophesy to the dry bones of the church. We declare the Word of the Lord. We say, Church of New Zealand, hear the Word of the Lord. Arise from the dry bones. Be set on fire. Come into unity. Come into divine connection. Be joined together. Hear God's Word. Prophesy into you. And arise, arise, Church of New Zealand, an exceeding great army. Why don't you come to New Zealand and beyond with us and help? prophesy into these dry bones together we can turn this nation to Jesus Amen Amen Alright, close your eyes for a few moments The storm that you're in right now what's, What divine revelations is God wanting to give you? What facets of His glory is He wanting to show you? God is at work. He's wanting to teach you. He wants to instruct you. Don't just completely resist the storm. 
God's allowed it, not sent it, but allowed it. There's some facets of his glory he wants you to see. Secondly, what are your divine connections? Who are they? Can I put it differently? Who's feeding into your spirit to help you fulfill your destiny? Because you cannot get there alone. You've got to nurture divine connections like Elisha did, like Joshua did. You've got to nurture them to be all God's called you to be. Who are your divine connections? If you don't know who they are, pray and say, God, show me. Show me. They will change and transform your life. Be a doer of the Word. Go home today and write down your divine connections. If you can't write any names down, ask God. Just say, God, please, is there someone out there? There are some people be more than one. Great friends are wonderful, awesome. But there's another level, friends. Divine connections that feed into your future to all that God has for you. Then we've got to prophesy to the dry bones. Right, we come to the key part of the service now. Why don't you stand with me? This is the time for encounter. This is the time for the dry bones in your life to start to arise and come together. I want you to believe in the next 10 minutes that God is going to work a miracle in your life. We need to prophesy. You need to start to prophesy to the dry bones in your life. It may look like this. If you're sick, you say dry bones of sickness, hear the word of the Lord. By His stripes I'm healed. If your marriage is struggling, you say dry bones of broken marriage, hear the word of the Lord. My marriage is restored in Jesus' name. If you have financial lack, you say, I speak to you financial lack. I prophesy to you, my God will prosper me. I will enjoy financial blessing. If you have an addiction, you say, I speak to you addiction. I am free in Jesus' name. Come, we're going to sing just that court last bit. Move, shake, and all the rest of it. All right? And then as we sing, I want you to start prophesying to your situation. Start, you know, that your, problem, your storm has ears. Those bones of ears, they're waiting your instruction. They're waiting your direction. No one can do this for you. Only you can do this. Come on, let's sing and let's prophesy. My God is able to save and deliver. Yeah, He can deliver you. And restore anything that He wants to. Just ask the man who was thrown on the bones of the life.
about two minutes, I want you to start lifting your voice and prophesy to the dry bones of your situation. You know what it is? I'm giving you some idea how to do it. Come on, lift your voice and start prophesying. God, I prophesy to the dry bones of my health. Be healed in Jesus' Name. Come on, lift your voice. They're waiting your instruction. No one can do it for you. Only you can give instructions to the dry bones and make sure they hear the Word of Don't whisper, shout it out, declare it, prophesy it in Jesus' Name. Bones are beginning to move. There's a sound of a rattling. There's a sound of a coming together. You're coming out of your grave. You're coming out of your grave now in the name of Jesus. Oh yes, in the name of Jesus. Prophesy to your dry bones. Awesome. All right, we're just giving you a bit of training here, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna shout Jesus, because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Okay, and heaven, earth, and under the earth. So we're gonna shout Jesus five times to your dry bones. Name them, what is your dry bone? Where do you need a miracle? Name it now. You ready? Five times, then give the Lord a shout, a clap, and the drums will give us a roll. Five times, if you named it, I'm believing for miracles right now. Please send us your testimonies and tell us, God gave me a breakthrough. I'm through my trial. God has brought my dry bones to life. You ready? Five times, Jesus, let's go. Jesus, 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 Jesus. 